Just before we start the show, I wanted to remind you about this year's London Vet Show, which is at the Excel Arena on Thursday the 12th and Friday the 13th of November, and as ever, promises to be a brilliant event. I went to the vet show for the first time last year to record these podcasts, and I wondered why the heck I'd missed it before. Our lovely friends at the Vet Show are offering Borborygamy listeners a fantastic 10% off via a special link, which is, ready, london.vetshow.com forward slash borborygamy hyphen booking. It's a bit of a mouthful, but it's in the show notes. So just hit the link there and book your tickets today with the code LVS20. Thanks to London Vet Show. Hi there, and welcome to Borborygmy, Noises from the Veterinary Profession, a new podcast that lets you overhear conversations between veterinary professionals about anything and everything that's topical in the industry. This season, we'll be bringing you a range of chats recorded at the London Vet Show, featuring a wide range of friends and colleagues discussing their thoughts on some of the triumphs and tribulations encountered by those in the veterinary industry. Borborygmy is a collaboration between the London Vet Show, Vet Times, Vets Stego Diversify and Smashing the Ceiling. Thank you so much to everyone involved so far for your help and support. It has been much appreciated. Today's guests on Borborygmy are Nat Scroggy and Kat Auden. And this recording was actually the first time they'd met in person, which is a great testament to the power of social media and the virtual friends you can make. Nat had a miscarriage in 2018 and subsequently set up Vet Minds, which stands for Miscarriage, Infertility, Neonatal Death and Stillbirth. It's a closed Facebook group to support others within the profession who have been through similar situations. Kat has previously had a miscarriage, but now has three lovely children. I'd really like to particularly nod to these two for this conversation. It was so open and warm, and they were both incredibly honest. So thank you. I should also say that if you've previously experienced any of the scenarios mentioned above, be aware this episode may be a trigger. You'll hear Kat first. Yeah, I think it's really great that this discussion is happening um, because it's, I just think it's so ironic that in a profession where we're so caring and we offer so much in terms of counselling and consoling our clients and um, so much compassion towards like the animals that we deal with, that we just can't look after ourselves in this way and that we're not compassionate towards our colleagues. Um, And that might be in ways that we don't know, that, you know, unhelpful comments or um, just not managing um, day-to-day practice in a way that's supportive to those who are going through these kind of issues. Um, But we could do better, right? Mm. I think we could do a lot better. And I think from my own experience of pregnancy loss, I think that it wasn't managed particularly well through nobody's fault particularly mm-hmm. it's not to say that you know staff are uncaring but um, I think until you start having conversations about practical ways that we can um, support those going through pregnancy loss I, I yeah it just it just needs to start happening and then we can we can deal with one another much better I think that's a really interesting point that like not only are we caring people and we do a lot with communicating clients but also we're scientists so the combination of the two things we should have a really good understanding of actually physically what a massive thing it is for your body to become pregnant and then unpregnant and the hormones and the fact that it's not just or something gets reabsorbed and you don't know anything about it it's often like surgical is all this stuff that can happen 
and that we can't actually combine our scientific knowledge to have a bit more common sense that maybe this is a bigger deal for your body and all of our understanding of like hormones um, and then the compassion that yeah we show really readily to our patients and our clients and often not ourselves and that's a, something a real theme in the comments of the group is that people will be posting a lot about the pressures that they feel and if they've experienced they're going through something but they're like oh well I work in a really small practice and I don't think I can take time off or I'm a practice owner or I'm the only qualified nurse or whatever it is and time and time again people are like okay now if that was your client or if that was your practice manager if that was your member of staff how would you approach yourself it's like applying the compassion that we so readily give to other people to to ourselves in our own situation I think as a profession we do have quite a superhero mindset <laughs> that we need to just keep going and you know I remember and miscarrying and plowing on through a weekend on call while we were waiting and it's just horrendous like utterly horrendous um, and it just shouldn't have been and um, that's that's the reason that we need to start um, start talking about the subject and then so that we can implement changes in practice that are practical and that people are aware of what actually you might be going through. The Veterinary Profession is a really, really kind place and most people have the best of intentions, but it's not well understood. And so if, as an employer, you kind of think, well, I really want to support this person, but I don't really know much about it, we want there to be somewhere that's veterinary-specific that people can go. Um, so that's kind of our next big big project with, with Vet Minds. For me, it was dealt with quite well initially, um, and they did sort of the tick box things on paper, and I, I didn't feel any pressure to come back too soon. I had time off and all of that, but I think... I guess one of the big things is that I didn't... It's easy now for me to look back and think, oh, actually, these are things I needed, and I didn't know it at the time. So a big thing for me was nobody... My employer didn't ask me what they wanted um, them to tell other people, so they just made something up. So they just told everyone that I was off with tonsillitis. So <laughs> I came back to work, and everyone's like, oh, Natalie, are you feeling better? And all I got was just, like, constantly, oh, you're feeling better, you're feeling better. And in my head, I was thinking, no, I don't feel better. This isn't something I just feel better from. Um, and so what was dealt with kind of not very well for me is that I then really, really struggled and because nobody knew and they also thought something completely different had happened, I then started to really struggle and I started struggling in practice and in my communications with colleagues and with clients um, and then I had a disciplinary about it and that was what was not managed well. So instead of sitting me down and saying, we can see you're struggling and we know that you've been through this, what, how can we help? What's the way forward? I was just kind of reprimanded um, and that wasn't managed well, I think that's a bit of a theme, you know, with mental health and stuff, of how employers approach that kind of thing generally. So I wasn't in the right, but, um, yeah, I think sometimes people do the right things, like, initially, but aren't aware of some of the longer-lasting effects. And so, But I definitely think I didn't know at the time um, how I wanted... It didn't occur to me that I needed to think about what I wanted to tell people, and that's kind of in the guidance things. Some of it will be, like, suggesting if you're having a back-to-work interview you might want to think about this and you might want to have a think yourself, you know, am I okay to do euthanasias or pregnancy scans or even ultrasound at all? You know, those sorts of things that you might not think about and then suddenly you're sole charge in a clinic and you're in that position. And so from the things that all of our members have said they found difficult, just signposting a couple of those things saying, you know, that might be fine for one person, but another person might go, oh, you know what, actually, I'd like to talk to my employer about that before I go back to work. Yeah, I think I probably had the maybe the opposite experience in terms of initially not managed particularly well and there was a lot of pressure on getting back even sort of you know, will you be back for afternoon consults and that sort of um, urgency to not lose a vet which is you know is completely understandable in a small practice but um, perhaps not managed super well um, and then um, I don't know it's interesting you not saying about sort of having a think yourself about what you 
want or what you might need because I think as vets we kind of get into a sort of well head down tough it out we'll be fine and get a bit clinical about the whole situation when actually there is an emotional aspect to it that I know you've said it before now it just hits you like a ton of bricks and when you're used to de dealing with scientific stuff in a very rational way um, being completely sort of derailed by emotions can be a bit of a shock to the system um, and then you're also not particularly in a good place to be rational about actually I need to request to do you know, have an extra day off work or um, a long period off work or not do particular consults um, and it's very specific I think that's why we've we've done this is because it is there are specific challenges in the veterinary world um, which you might not have if you're working in an office or um, uh, elsewhere and the physical impact of these things because you know I had absolutely certainly with an early loss which is what I experienced you know I just I didn't realize it would have a big I didn't realize that like when it happened I didn't realize I would need surgery like and I and now, kind of, if someone tells me, oh, I'm having IVF or something, and you think, oh, okay, that must be difficult. And now I've got a little bit more understanding. I understand that actually to get to the point of having IVF, you've gone through, like, probably gone through years of stuff and then trying other things. And actually to just, that little sentence means all of this other stuff. Um, and again, a miscarriage, it's not generally something that happens and then it's done which is probably what I thought it was um, and you know occasionally it is but generally there's there's physical impacts and things that can go on for weeks and your hormones don't settle and you know you can have pregnancy symptoms that you know you're still getting morning sickness when you haven't been pregnant for a month um, and I don't think you know I certainly didn't know that that was the case and I don't think employers will know that was the case and if they don't know that they can't support you in that um, so I think also for people to what to expect themselves yeah, for sure. Um, and just that there being a sort of open channel for communication between the person who's being affected and employees, uh, employers, sorry, um, because it, it shouldn't be a taboo subject, but it is difficult to talk about. And we recognise that. I mean, you know, even for us being here, it's, it's sort of, it's a big deal, right? So um, it's been interesting with the, the group on Facebook, hasn't it, that so many people have talked and it is a safe space, but it's, um, it's it's very sad also reading a load of the stories but encouraging that people are willing to be open and share those stories that you know hopefully there are links that can be made where somebody recognizes um, someone else's story being similar to theirs and being able to support one another in a way that you can't necessarily do that if you don't really really understand the situation and mm. um, so specific situations being kind of matched is hopefully something that will be good going forward as well well I just think is that the whole the whole thing that I always keep in my head with this is that all of these things and every single conversation is having a ripple and there will be people in the group that will never ever post and will never do anything but will read something and that might make a huge difference that them, to them that day and they might never tell that person that but I think every time that we have a conversation and it's open because we're not also sat here saying that everyone needs to talk about this if it's not right for you to talk about it then don't and I would say that um, a few years ago, I wouldn't have talked about it, so and now I am. So, you know, sometimes it does take, like, it sounds yes. so flippant, but it does sometimes take time to be able to talk about certain things. Yeah, and if sort of there are a few of us that kind of that makes a difference to the people where it's not right for them, but they just, you just don't have that. There is a weight of secrecy and and guilt, and it you know it brings a lot of emotions that then suddenly you find it hard. You know, I find it really difficult. The fact that I find it hard that when other people are getting pregnant or having babies um, and sort of you know close people in my family and I find that quite difficult and I, it makes me feel like a really awful person because it's such a horrible thing to have negative feelings about and actually to share that in a space and to have other people again it's like they show you 
the kindness you can't show yourself like that doesn't mean that you didn't want that good thing to happen to that person it just means it reminds you that you feel sad about something and that that's okay and I think the more that we share about this um, the more that other people can realise they can have emotions and they can find things in practice hard it doesn't make them a bad vet and they can feel sad that one of their friends is pregnant it doesn't mean that they're a horrible person and it's just that oh god what a relief you know it, it's normal other people feel like this and I'm going to be okay Thanks for listening. I'm Naomi Meller, vet and host of Smashing the Ceiling. You may have heard a little bit of me in these episodes, or the fabulous Sophie Walsh, also a vet and full-time science documentary maker, who co-hosted these sessions with me. We'd love you to rate and review the podcast or tell a friend if you enjoyed it. And we'll be back next week with another episode.